My name is James Gleason, and I want to welcome you to the weekend teaching ministry of Sunrise Church here in Hillsboro, Oregon. Now, Sunrise is a church devoted to being a safe place to hear a life-changing message. And our vision is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so every weekend, we share a message of hope from God's Word, the Bible. Now, if you'd like to know more about discovering and growing in a relationship with the God who loves you, please take a moment to visit our website at www.isunrise.com. Now, from there, you can learn how to connect with the God who loves you. And you can learn how to grow with others along the journey of life. You can learn to develop a heart to serve the least, the last, and the lost. And finally, you can learn how to lead others to know Jesus Christ on this journey of disciples making disciples. And so now I invite you to follow along with our weekend message as you discover the heartbeat of God. My name's uh, Kevin, and my role here at the church is I get the privilege of being the executive pastor, and I just get to do life with the staff and participate in their journey and bless them and encourage them and challenge them and and walk uh, walk with them. So I, I just love what I get to do, and and so if this is your first time here, thanks for coming. I, I just want you to know that you are answered prayer, and it's always a privilege for me to get an opportunity up here. You know, James is a great preacher, and this is his podium, and so I get to share a little bit today. And um, this weekend, we're going to speak to the men directly, but God's word is for everybody. And then next weekend, we have the stage full of ladies that are doing the worship and the teaching and preaching, and they're going to speak to the ladies, but it'll be for you men too. And so I'm excited about that, and uh, let's pray. Let's Let's just open in prayer. God's word is active and alive and it pierces and he knows your heart right now and he knows your hurts and hopes and I think he wants to speak to us. And Lord, we come before you and man, I thank you for this family. I love them so much and we need each other and we belong together. And Lord, your word is active and never returns void and it pierces and it divides and our motives are exposed to you. And you know everything anyways, but you want us to press into you and invite you in and to love you with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And then, you know, that's the main thing, Lord. But today as we look at with men that, you know, and, and you know, Lord, you created us, you made, you shaped every man here and designed them in your image exactly how you wanted and you said it was good. But we as men, we need to be blessed. And Lord, uh, I pray that you bless our men today. I get the opportunity to represent you in a sense, but many of us haven't been blessed. Many of us have heard words that don't build up at all. Many of us have longed for that blessing. Many of us have a hole in our soul that we're, we weren't blessed by our earthly fathers, Lord. And, and so we've been seeking and searching and trying to satisfy and please. And then we need to be encouraged, Lord. You tell us that we need to be encouraged daily because our hearts don't get hardened by sin and Satan is crafty and he wants to kill us and murder us as men and and especially our relationships with you. And then we need to be challenged, Lord. We don't need a low bar. You've made us to be, in a sense, warriors and to be challenged. And and so we want to do that today, Lord. Help me to communicate, you know, your just wishes and will, you know, that I believe that every man needs to be challenged and every man needs to be encouraged, Lord, and and that every man needs to be... uh, blessed in your mighty name amen yeah so i've been thinking about this a lot so i believe every man and i think by the end it will resonate in your soul in a way that every man needs to be blessed and every man needs to be encouraged and every man needs to be challenged and i'm not just saying that women don't but i'm speaking to men specifically today i had a text from last night that one of the gals said thank you and i was able to uh, god changed my heart towards my husband and I was able to encourage him. I was able to 
point out some things that I see in him, that I see Christ in him, and I see that he protects and provides. It was beautiful, right? And the blessing's a tough one. I just had a 60-year-old man that came up to me, and he, and he said, that he said, thank you um, for just blessing me through God, because all the time that I grew up, this is what I heard. You're stupid, and you're an idiot, and you'll never amount to anything ever. Man, those words stick with us like no words, don't they? And so many of us haven't been blessed, but we're going to talk about that today. And, and then we need to encourage each other and we need to be challenged. And the beauty of this is that's what discipleship is, that, you know, we need to receive that and be a disciple, but also we're to make disciples. That, so us men, you know, we need to be men that can pass on a blessing. Talk to a single mom who couldn't quite feel that part in her son and she was asking for men to bless her and it didn't happen, it broke her heart. So we have a responsibility, we have a stewardship to pass on the blessing, to encourage other men and, and to challenge them. And so the Bible tells me in Ephesians four twelve what my part is, what my responsibility is as pastors, all of us as leaders. Uh, and it's our responsibility is to equip you guys, to prepare you guys, to train you guys because you're the saints. James talked about that, right? He did a beautiful job talking about the saints to do God's work to build up the church, the body of Christ. So that's our job is to equip you guys and prepare you and train you the best we can, right? So that you can build up God's body because we can't. I mean, this is a big growing deal, right? We need all of us, especially men, You know, I'm hoping that you guys can step out of your comfort zone in a way today, maybe that you haven't. And when we do step out of our comfort zone, it's difficult. We start groaning and moaning, right? But then when we hit that stretch zone, that's where life is and that's where growth is and that's where learning is. So my hope today is that each man will take one step towards God or towards their wife or towards their family or towards another man in a way that they're stepping out of their comfort zone. So the Bible tells us this is our part, but also he tells us in the next verse what your guys' part is. And it says, until we all reach oneness in the faith and in knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become a mature believer. That's your part. That's why our vision is leading people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, right? And it says, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness, and then exercising your spiritual gifts. And that does give us a unity, doesn't it? When we're all doing our parts, it is a beautiful unity. And a unity and a oneness and love is attractive to the world outside these doors because it's a world that's struggling. It's a world that doesn't have unity and it's a world that in a sense is dying. So we have, God has given us what the world needs. And and so, you know, we want you to grow spiritually to become more mature, one step to become more mature, but then we want you to use your spiritual gifts that God's given you to build up what? Not our kingdom, God's kingdom, right? It's for him. And then the Bible also tells us what our challenge is, why we do this, why we each do our part. If we go to that next slide. And, and these strong words, I'm immature in some areas in my, in my spiritual walk, but it says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown around. It talks about waves. We won't ride all these waves. We won't ride the wind because this is why. Every wind of new teaching, there's so many new teachings out there, isn't there? There's so many gods, there's so, right? And we know that we have, God says, I, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? And my truth is the one that will set 
free, right? There's one truth. And we'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Satan's job, men, is to kill you is to murder your relationships with God and with his wife and to deceive and trick us. And, and, and we want to stand against that. So I want to go over our vision today. Man, I am, uh, what do I say about this? I am sold out. This vision for me, I've gone from uh, knowing it, maybe like you guys, to saying it, to begin to live it out, right? The vision that God's given us. The beautiful part about the vision is it's all biblical. It's all the most important things that God says a church is supposed to be is in our vision. I think it covers everything. I haven't seen anything that's important to God that's not covered in here. But I've moved into as your pastor and ownership of this vision, but I think I'm heading towards a stewardship of it where I have a responsibility to continue to teach this and continue to live it out. And so I just want to go over. I'm, I'm goofy enough where I have this posted everywhere. I carry it with me everywhere. We're to be a disciple. So when I look through our vision, I'm like, how am I personally doing loving God? God, what's an area that I can grow? What's in my heart that I'm hiding maybe? What's in my mind that I, is a, a false belief that I'm believing? But also, we're to make disciples. So then I have to help my person I'm discipling also love God, right? So it's be and then make is what our vision is. And then some of us on staff have a third responsibility is we're trying to create a pathway, not a program where you guys can all grow and where you guys can be disciples and make disciples. So the the covering, the number one thing without love nothing matters. Without love, we're a clanging gong. Without love, everything the Bible says that we do burns up and it goes away. And so that's our covering. God's heart, he says, the most important commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment that's greater than these. And so when we love God and we invite him in and we press into him, we do have this passion for God, don't we? We have a passion and then that translates to compassion. That's part of our vision, compassion for those that are far from God, compassion for those that are hurting, compassion, we're all broken, right? So it leads to this compassion and so that's where we start with all this, guys, is where are you at with love? God talks that we're to be great lovers. He didn't say to be a great leader, he said that the, the key to being a godly man, to be, key to being a man that, that I can bless and that I can encourage and I can challenge is that you love me. And so I'm trying to grow in that as many of you men are. You know, I'm, I'm stepping into God and trying to be more intimate. You know, I'm a disciple. This vision is for me. No matter what your role is, it's how do you be a disciple first. And then I'm trying to help the guys. I'm taking them on a journey that I'm on and helping them have more intimacy with God. So that's the start of it. Then our vision is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If we go to that next slide, please. And, and so I have to look at myself first. I'm a, am I growing in my relationship with Jesus? What areas do I need to grow? I use our vision as, a, as kind of an assessment. I use it as a prayer sheet. I use it on how I'm doing because this is all from the Bible and it's all the important things that God says a thriving church does. A thriving church looks up and it looks out and it looks in and everything's covered in our vision. So our role is to, are you growing in your relationship with Jesus? There's a personal responsibility, but also we're trying to create a pathway with some opportunities that I'll share a little bit later for you guys. And then our mission is to make disciples that make disciples, right? That's what God's called us to do. 
It's one of the greatest commandments, right? It's our calling. He said, here's the deal, guys. I have full authority on heaven and earth. I, I, I'm over everything, and I'm in everything, and I'm through everything, and now the Holy Spirit's with you to the end. I want you to go. So he's asking us men, to, we have to pursue, we have to initiate, we have to invite. Some of us are, can be a little bit passive, right, in that area. But then it says, and make a disciple. That means we're gonna do it on purpose, we're gonna be intentional, we're gonna pray for them, we're gonna try to set up a journey that they can grow, right? And then he tells us what to do. He said, baptize them. Baptize them in my name, baptize them in Jesus' name, baptize them in the Holy Spirit's name, and then what? Teach them. Guys, you're ahead of someone. All you gotta do is teach them what God's teaching you. That's what he says, teach them what I've taught you. And so that's our vision, to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Uh, I went on a prayer walk this morning. I like to get here early. And so I was walking all around the apartments. There's 2,500 apartments, 2,453 apartments within a half mile radius now of here. Can you believe that? That's a lot of people. And, and, I, and I'm praying, I'm praying like, Lord, what's my part? What's my part in the stewardship of this that until you come back, and we don't know when that is, that Sunrise Church will be a vibrant church and it will be a truth that looks to you and follows you and stands on your truth, whether it's 100 years or 200 years. I have a responsibility, we all do, to make disciples, right? I love looking back at the saints, the saints that went before us, right? It's in Hebrews. By their blood, by their martyrdom, by their sacrifice, by their belief in this vision, we're here. I love looking at the 12 disciples. I just talked to someone this morning that's been here 32 years. I thanked him. They, she walked way before I did. We have a responsibility and an ownership and a stewardship to make disciples so God's church can still continue to keep growing and it can be a safe place, Right? to hear a message that changes our lives. We know that, uh, I know, you know, I came to Christ at 32. We know that, you know, you come as you are, but when you get face to face with Jesus Christ, it is really hard to stay as you are, isn't it? I mean, he's gonna start convicting and transforming us. And then our strategy is connect, grow, serve, and lead. So I have to look at how am I connecting with people? My heart got a little soft, got a little, you know, I wasn't connecting good with, you know, you guys. So I have to look at that. How am I growing? How am I serving? My heart got really kind of hard. I don't know, heart's not the word. I just, you know, was so focused on other stuff. My heart for the lost wasn't there. And so I got in my car and started, went out and started doing some outreach and started being around them and unsafe. You know what I mean? None of us are perfect in this, but it's a vision that God's given us. And then how do we lead? How do we just take someone else through this process the best that we can? And, and then our heart is God's heart. This is God's heart. He says, love me, and then love the people that are hurting, and love the people that are last, and love the people that are least, and love the people that don't know me, whether they're in Intel or they're out in the street at Shoot Park right now. He, he doesn't care. They don't know him. And, and he's so for the oppressed and the distressed and the depressed, right? We're going we're gonna to start a... Um, in October, at the beginning of a mental health ministry. You know, I've had three people in my family commit suicide. I've struggled with mental stuff. We want to get that going. We, we know that the city's not able to help and the hospitals aren't. What's our responsibility as Sunrise Church? Because our vision is that we're going to love the least, the last, and the lost with the love of Jesus Christ. So that's something that we're going to, you know, I'm excited for it. If you're interested in that, you have a background in it, however, just come see me as we begin to shape that. So that's our vision. You know, I don't know where you're at in it. My hope is that, you know, 
you can you can move from you know knowing it a little bit or or seeing it or saying it to owning it right and then we move as we mature into a stewardship that I really have a responsibility that this isn't a job it never has been it's my life I'd be doing this stuff no matter what I was doing you know when I was three years out, you know, after sinning and resigning, you know, six years ago, I still t- live this stuff out, right? It's what we do. It's God's plan. It's from his Bible. So I can speak boldly and confidently. This isn't me. This isn't my stuff. It's God. So let's start. I think every uh, men need to be blessed, and I want to talk about that a little bit. And a blessing, uh, the Bible says, the Greek word, Hebrew word, is a good word. It, it's like the seal of approval that we get, right? And when we get that seal of approval and blessed, man, we can, as men, that, that part of our soul that can only be filled by an earthly father, right? We, we have courage, and we can lead, and we can love in ways, and we can take risks, and we can be bold. If we got a hole in our soul, and it wasn't filled in that way, and I know for many of you it wasn't, including me, till I was 46, you know? Uh, we reach out for stuff. That's where we reach out for alcohol, drugs, and whatever it is to just get approval, to not fill, to numb out. Um, yeah. It was hard hearing that guy say, that's what he heard the whole message growing up, is you're stupid, and you're dumb, and you'll never amount to anything ever. You guys have heard some stuff. Man, it sits with us because a blessing is so important. I want to bless you today, not me. Well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm 58. I can bless some of you, but I want God to bless you. But then once we receive the blessing, men, what do we have to do? We have to hand it off. We got to bless the other men that haven't received it. That's what making a disciple is. All men's souls long to hear, I believe, or have, have heard from their father, I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm so glad you're my son. I'm so pleased with you. You've done good. I enjoy you. I tell my son and daughter all the time, I cannot believe that God picked out of all the universe that my wife and I get to raise his children, right? They're not our children, let's be honest. They're his, he's picked you. That's a delight, it's a privilege. I was back here, I just sent my son a message, you know, from this. Sonny boy, I'm so proud of you, I love you, I'm so pleased with you, I see this strength in you, I see your faithfulness, I'm just so thrilled that you're my son. I would do any, I just sent him that text, we all long to hear that. Many of us haven't. Many of us haven't, and it impacts us in a way. That's why blessings are so important. We long to hear, I love you no matter what you do or where you go or what you've done. We long to hear, I'll always be there for you. I'll always be there. Me, me growing up, my, uh, my father was, uh, struggled with mental illness, and he was very uh, unavailable. And, you know, I longed, I just, I, I just longed for him. Not once did he ever say, did he ever touch me or did he ever say, I love you or I'm proud of you. And in fact, I found out later on that my father, um, it's kind of rare, but he was one of those guys that had two families. And, and so he had this family in, in, in Hermiston, Oregon. There was five of us, but that he had a family in California too. I didn't discover that till later, but my dad would always leave. He'd disappear for weeks, two months, six months, and then he'd come back, and I just didn't know it. But I remember as a kid, my dad one time said that uh, I'm going to spend some time with just you, and I'm going to take you out fishing, and we're going to camp overnight. <sighs> right? No, no matter who our fathers were or weren't, we want to be with them. God created that. We want time with them. And, and I can remember as a kid, uh, my dad didn't show up. And my mom said, I sat at the window 
for two days just waiting for my dad. And, and he never showed up. So I know some of the hurt and I know some of the pain and I know how it's impacted me. And, uh, so I'm 58 and 12 years ago my father's dying and it's the last time I'm going to see him and God had reconciled us a little bit because I can tell you honestly, I hated my dad. I despised him. I, I didn't want anything to do with him. I rejected him. I can look back now and see there were times he did the best he could to reach out to me because our earthly fathers, if they're empty, they got nothing to give, right? And my dad was empty, you know, but we reconciled and I can remember, you know, I said goodbye to him and there was, you know, it was just a goodbye and I'm leaving the room and he goes, son, and I turn around and I've never, I made sure I never cried in front of him because I'm not going to be vulnerable, right? Because I don't, you know, he's not there. And, and he said, um, can you come here? So I said, yeah. And I remember he's 90 pounds and I, he said, come here, you know. And I'm like, wow, I've, I've never touched, you know, we've never had contact. And he put his arm around me and he put his face, I've never touched his face. He put his face on mine. And this is what he said. And, and it filled that hole in my soul. First time he ever said it, he said, I'm proud of you. I love you. You've done good, boy. I've always been proud of you. Man, I got blessed. I long for that for all of us. Many of us haven't had it. And I'm talking to you ladies, too. Man, it was a moment where that hole in my soul got filled, and I was able to see my father in a new way. I want to look at what Paul says about Blessings. He says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, God wants to bless you. He knows you. He made you guys. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and it will keep you strong. And it says, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. And this is it, God. Uh, Guys, it's about love. That if we can understand, even though our earthly fathers maybe didn't bless us, but God wants to, and we need to bless each other, man, it's an important thing that you, that I can understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is for us. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, that's the truth. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think, guys. Here's the deal. I, 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 we can't receive love from God when we haven't reconciled that we haven't got blessed from our Father and we need to be blessed. So I want to do that today for you guys. And then Paul continues saying... Um, and God is able to bless you. Isn't that awesome? I'm going to do that in a little bit. I'm going to try to speak for him just out of the Bible. And, and God is able to bless you, not just bless you abundantly, right? So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you abound in every good work. And, and so I want to I try my best here, man. So if you guys don't mind, can you just shut your eyes? Ladies, you can shut your eyes too. And I just want to speak to you. And I want to bless you. I think God says this to us. Regardless of what you heard, those were lies and they're painful. And, and this is the truth. I love you no matter what you've done. No matter where you are in your spiritual growth, I love you. I'm proud of you. No matter what your feelings, no matter your current situation, no matter your sin that you're in right now, I'm on your side. I'm for you and I'm with you. I have not rejected you. You are my child. 
You can become a man of God, and I'm here to help you. I made you, and I shaped you, and I created you just how I wanted, and it's good. Your name is in my book, and I've given you a purpose for your life. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate you from my love. There's no condemnation in my love. I'm proud of you. I love you so much that I sent my beloved son to die so you could have a relationship with me. I created you to enjoy a relationship with you. This is a weird one. I delight in you. Guys, God delights in us. I see your strength. I see your loyalty. I see your faithfulness. I see that you want to provide. I see that you want to protect. I forgive you. And then this, these are the words that he said to his son. You are my son who I am well pleased. You are my son who I am well pleased. You are my son who I am well pleased. Every man, do you agree, we need to be blessed, right? We do, we need to be blessed. The second thing is that we, men, we need to be encouraged, right? This is what this verse says. But continually encourage one another, how often? Every day. Man, I always talk to God about this. When I said, God, how come I can't go a day and a half without being connected to you and stay kind of (laughs) normal? Right? Because, I mean, if I'm not connected, if I'm not being encouraged, if I'm not in relationship with you guys, boy, it doesn't take me long to get off the path. It doesn't take me long for my mind or my heart to go somewhere. You know, actually, it's kind of good because it keeps me connected. I'm a lone wolf. I, I lived away from family for 11 years. I never talked to my family for 11 years. I know what it like is like to hide and isolate. I, I do that. But this says, this is what we need. But continually encourage one another every day as long as it is called a day and there is an opportunity. And this is why. Because Satan wants to kill us. Because our hearts get hard. Because we get caught in this stubborn rebellion. Because Satan is crafty and he's tricky and he makes it look glamorous and he's very sophisticated. We need encouragement, don't we? Guys, I, you know, I know some of you are, are, are in the process and you're out there and you're isolated and you're alone. We're just inviting you in. This stuff that you're going to see that we're doing for men, the reason that we're doing it is that you can come in and when you come in... God will provide relationships for you. He'll provide someone for you to disciple. He'll provide the encouragement and blessings and the challenges that we all need, but you have to come in. You have to take a step and come next to some other men. I love the early church. I, I read this all the time, but guys, take a look at this. This is awesome. Can we go to the next one? So, so this is what it says. There's, look at all the alls and theys. In this verse, I just wrote what the verse said. And so this is an early church. It's a model for us. It's a model for discipleship and relationship. And it says, all the believers devoted themselves to God's word. All the believers devoted themselves to real relationships and fellowship. All the believers to sharing meals. All to prayer. Man, I'll tell you, when I get with men and we pray and we are in a real relationship and we worship together. And you know what I mean? That's a blessing. That's encouragement. That's what we all need. 
All the believers met together in one place. They shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. They worshiped. We're doing that right now. They met in homes often. That's why we do small groups, so we can meet big and smaller. Um, they praised God together. They had great joy. They had great generosity. They served together, <coughs> it says. Men, we weren't built to be alone. We just weren't. We were built. We need each other to encourage each other. So I believe every man, me included, needs a blessing, needs to be blessed, and needs to be encouraged, but also I have a responsibility to hand off that blessing that I've been given, and I have a responsibility to hand off the encouragement I've been given, to be and then to make a disciple. And then I think every man needs to be challenged. And I love this verse, guys, this is for us. Jesus is saying, you, not, you have not chosen me, but I chose you. Regardless of the earthly father I give you, we're here because of him, right? Let's be honest. My dad's tank was so empty, he had nothing to give. Many of our fathers were like that. But this isn't, he says, but I chose you. The God, the creator of the universe has chosen us. He's chosen you to be a son, and he's thrilled with it. And I've appointed you, and I placed you purposely and planted you. So guys, this is kind of bigger than, you know what I mean? He's chose you. Some of the verses say ordained. He's laid hands on you. And he's placed you, if I read this right, I believe all this stuff, that he's placed you here on purpose at Sunrise Church. You know why? Because we need you. Because you have something that the church needs to build up. You're part of the body. We want you to be part of the body. If you guys aren't part of the body, part of our body's missing Right? We can't function how God wants it to be. So he's planted so that you would go and bear fruit and keep on bearing fruit, right? We want to bear fruit till Jesus comes, right? And it's his fruit, and you guys can do that. And that your fruit will remain and be lasting so that whatever you ask the Father in my name as my representative, he may give to you. I think of... um, you know, when I think of this, I think of blessings and encouraging and challenge. You know, I think that the way I operate is, you know, I think I have the spiritual gift of like serving and, and encouragement and some leadership, but uh, I get courage when you take steps. Nothing lights me up more than when one of you steps out of your comfort zone, you right? Then we, I'll share this a little, we enter our groan zone, right? I can't, but this, and you know, and then we stretch. That gives me courage. You know, I pour into the staff. When Francis, our Indian pastor, moves from Florida for a part-time pay here to lead an Indian ministry, that gives me courage, guys. That blesses me. That really encourages me. When Brandon, who you saw speak, some of you, that was paralyzed by an accident and couldn't even move and comes in for a few hours and now he can drive. And, I mean, that gives me I need that. Because if Francis can do it, I can do it. If Brandon can do it, I can do it. If you can do it, I can do it, right? If you take a risk, then I can take a risk. If you step out of your comfort zone, I can. Heather, Heather Brown, 76 years old, is on our staff. She's been here 30 years, and she's leading the most vibrant, one of the most vibrant discipleship ministries in our church. If Heather can do it, I can do it. We have a gal that's been in the process on our staff that's been dying and fighting through it, and her heart is so good, and it's just, man, been a hard journey. If she can do it, I can do it. We got a guy named Greg on our staff now who we just hired that came in from community service. Had to do 100 hours for a crime he committed, right? We got to know him. He got saved here. He got baptized here. He's starting to go to a group. We hired him. 
He started working for free. If Greg can do that, I can do that. Every day that they're here, they sit out here during their break and they listen to like Romans and Hebrews, these easy books, right? And then they're going, come here, Kev, I got all these questions. And I'm like, let's go. You know, if they can do that, I can do it. If Bill, who you're going to hear from at 69, can step into the position as our men's pastor, you know, I can step up and I can step in. So I want to show you guys here. This is a, we, we on purpose create a pathway. So I just want to go over some of this stuff. We have a men's retreat coming up next weekend. It's not too late. I got to be honest with you guys. I'm not a men's retreat guy. I, I don't do good with small talk and I don't do good being, I feel like I got claustrophobia and I'm trapped. I, I got to get away or something. But you know what? I'm going. You know why? Because I need you guys. I need to be in relationship. I need to grow and just hang out. I need to grow and just be with the guys and not be the pastor. So I'm encouraging you. I'm challenging you guys. Take a risk. It's not too late. Come to it. Groups are kicking off. You heard the Connect class. We've got a great recovery ministry on Thursday night, guys. If you guys are struggling with something, step towards that. These are environments we're creating that are part of our vision so you guys can grow. And then we have this personal disciple-making conference. I think this is more me. I'm more of a disciple where I'm thinking through the big picture and groups and all that kind of stuff. You guys know me. I need to grow on how I can disciple someone one-on-one. I never got it, which is okay, but I need to be able to do it. So we're bringing this guy in so we can grow, so we can learn from someone that's a step ahead of us. We got a Sunrise Seminary for those of you guys that love that. 12 weeks, James is going to teach what he teaches the pastors in Africa and Cuba. Come to it. Meet someone. Plug in. Take a risk. And then we have a men's breakfast. I'm so excited about this. We're going to do it for a year. We're going to go through this book on the measure of a man, how to be a godly man, how to be a man of purity, right, that can communicate all these things. And it's going to be so easy. Every second Saturday at 8 a.m., there's a men's breakfast. So when is the men's breakfast? There you go. Invite someone, right? You don't need a flyer. Come. Every second Saturday at 8 a.m. in the dining hall, we got a men's breakfast and we're going to go on a journey together. I want to, before I call Bill up, he's going to share. I want to just go to this next slide pretty quick. Uh, this is how we grow, right? You know the comfort zone. You know, that's kind of the pond with no water coming in and out. You're a little stuck. You're a little stagnant. Whatever it is, there's fear. There's all kinds of things. But we're, you know, the, our whole vision is to get you to step out of your comfort zone towards Jesus or towards someone else. But when we step out of our comfort zone, I love this zone, the groan zone, the complaining zone, the but I can't, but I'm not qualified, but I don't have time, but I, right? But you have to go through that. I love when people are in the groan zone because they usually don't go back to the comfort zone. You just have to help them through it. Right? Because it's new. They're taking some risk. And then you head to the stretch zone, right? And that's where your risk pays off. And that's where the learning is. And that's the growth zone. And then once in a while, we'll take you to the panic zone. And that's not good. Because <laughs> when you go to the panic zone, where do you go back to? The comfort zone, right? But, but that's kind of, that's how I grow. I have to step out of the comfort zone. Um, I remember when I, um, six years ago, I, um, I, I, I relapsed and I got addicted to prescription drugs and I had to face it and I resigned and I wanted to hide. I was at a church of about 7,000 people and I had a significant role and I wanted to just hide and I wanted to leave and I wanted to get another job somewhere else and I didn't want to face it because that would be more comfortable, right? And, and God says, no, 
he says, I want you to stay at the church. And I want you to enter the same door that you entered as a leader with your head high and just be a participant. And so I did that for three years. But you should have heard our talks when I'm like, there is no way. <laughs> there is no way that I'm going to do that. And he says, there is a way. This is what you need to do. So I stepped out of my comfort. And I was groaning a lot, you guys. That's, that's hard. I didn't even know how much I wiped people out and impacted them. But, I'm, you know, I'm just going. He had me stay three years. And as I look back, you know why? Because he humbled me in a way that I've never been humbled. And it's a good humbling when it's from Christ. Yes, it was my sin, but he used it. What I meant for harm, he meant for good. My marriage got healed. My relationships with my kids got healed. You know, so I'm asking you, you know, we gotta step out of our comfort zone. I'm stepping out of my comfort zone right now as your pastor and figuring out how to equip the staff. That's a whole different game for me. I gotta do less and encourage more and step back. And I don't know how to do it, but I'm willing to step into that groan zone. So Aaron, if you hear me complaining a lot, just know I'm in the groan zone. <laughs> but isn't that how we grow? So I'm asking you guys, step out of your comfort zone in one area. We're gonna pray here in a little bit. And then here's how to have hope. I get a lot of guys that say, Bill, you wanna come on up? Come on up. We got a lot of guys that I meet with that said, I'm hopeless. I have no hope. It might be you right now. And then I have a tendency, or we have a tendency to just give them scripture and try to give them hope. I think that's the backward way. I, I think we need to start, guys. Here's the deal with hope. If you have faith like a mustard seed right now, that's all the Bible says, faith like a mustard seed. You can take one little risk. You can step out of your comfort zone one little step. And when you do that, you start changing, right? And when we change and become more like Christ, that gives us hope. So these are a couple little things, you know, as we bless and as we make disciples and encourage that this is how I grow. I use this stuff. And so I want to introduce to you Bill. Uh, Bill is, man, my dear, dear friend, and he has um, blessed me more than he'll ever know in some intimate ways, and he's encouraged me personally, and he's challenged me, and he's the Sunrise Men's pastor, and so I want you to hear a little bit from his heart about this. Love you. So, that's my comfort zone. (laughs) This this is not. Um, Kevin wants me to try to uh, tell you my 69 years of testimony in about five minutes, so... I'll try to hit points. Uh, There's a lot of stories in between. Um, You know, as we get to know each other, as I get to know you, you get to know me, you'll hear more of those stories. So um, I was born down in Eugene um, here in Oregon, and uh, that means I'm a duck, not a beaver. And um, so I grew up in this little town of Veneta, which is outside of Eugene, and went to this little tiny church, and, uh, you know, we learned about God and um, learned about, you know, this was kind of a religious-type church, so we had a lot of rules that the church was teaching us. So, you know, in the learning of God, we also learned that he wants us to wear the right clothes and do the right things and, you know, all the stuff that kind of got in the way of uh, who God really is. Um, So then uh, after... Grade school, I went to, I came up here to Portland area, uh, Gaston, and went to a boarding school for four years, um, church school, and um, got to, you know, at the time we didn't enjoy it very much, but in hindsight I look back and, and I have some really lifelong, <clears throat> lifelong friends, excuse me, 
I need Kevin's water here, maybe. Yeah, excuse me. <clears throat> Thanks. Again, I'm out of that comfort zone, so... Um, Anyway, uh, so I went to this uh, boarding school, church school, and by the time I graduated from there, uh, I was pretty much done with religion and, uh, because it, you know, it didn't, uh, was just hollow for me. It was empty. It was just kind of this plane with no growth or anything going on. So um, I, didn't, I didn't go into college or anything. So at that time, if you weren't in school, you got a letter from your uncle, Sam, who said, you're going to come and join the Army. And so uh, in December, I graduated in 67, May of 67 in December. Um, I ended up at Fort Lewis, Washington, going through basic training. Uh, and then in May, uh, I'd been through my training and stuff, and I was getting off a plane in Vietnam and uh, spent 21 months over there. Um, you know, when you're 19 years old, it's kind of sobering and scary and all that stuff. So after my tour and discharge, uh, then I came back home and kind of one of the first things I wanted to do was grow my hair and grow a beard and look like uh, somebody else other than a, an XGI. Uh, we weren't very popular when we came back from there. So, so I kind of turned into a hippie for a couple of years. Um, you know, got into a lot of drugs and alcohol and all this stuff was going on and um, just, you know, it was kind of a way to escape a lot of things. And um, then I met my wife. Uh, well, she wasn't my wife yet, but I met her. And <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, we got married and uh, she was living with the pastor's family uh, who happened to be pastoring the same church that I grew up in. And so um, we got married, and we went back to church for a while. Uh, but it still kind of became, you know, the, there just wasn't any much there for me. And so I'd kind of stopped going. And, um, uh, and then we had our first child, and um, he was almost two years old when we had an accident, and we lost him. And um, because of um, not really knowing who God was, uh, from this religion that I was raised in, um, I turned my back on him. When I walked away, I blamed him. And so um, we were, my wife was pregnant when that happened, and so in about six months we had another child, which really kind of saved us. Uh, and then about a year and a half later we had another child. So we had two children, but we didn't raise them in, <clears throat> excuse me, we didn't raise them in any kind of a spiritual lifestyle. We, God was out of the picture. Uh, we never went to church or never talked about God or, <clears throat> excuse me. So um, the kids, you know, they grew up, they went to school. I think in junior high, they started connecting with a young life group. And, um, you know, it was really, fortunately for us, a really good group. And a lot of kids uh, participated in that. So um, our son met a guy uh, who was going here to Sunrise, actually over at Rogan Street, and he invited our son to go to church, and so Nate went to church with him, and he just lit up, you know, with God, and he just uh, was reading his Bible, and James was then a uh, youth pastor at Sunrise. He was pretty new there, and so he 
<clears throat> excuse me, he and our son really connected. And so um, Nate came home, I don't know, it was maybe a year or so later. He comes home one day and he goes, how come you guys don't go to church? You know, what's the deal? So my wife and I talked and we said, you know, we should go support him in this because it's a new thing. And we knew there was a God. So we went to, we came to church with him. And um, my first time I came, I walked out of there and I went, there's something different there. Something that I never knew. I never experienced that. And I wanted more of it. And so um, I kept coming and coming and um, just you know, starting to learn more about who God was and who these people were that had God in their hearts. I, I didn't really know that from before. So um, then James became our um, our lead pastor. And so uh, from his teaching and what God did through him, um, you know, he's, he's blessed me so much and helped me grow so much. Um, you know, I can't say enough about who he is and how he's probably blessed every person in this in this room. Um, so, um, so one day, you know, this maybe a year later, somewhere in that time frame, we're in this um, uh, position where our daughter's going to get married in a few months. And um, my work, had, I'd kind of run out of work. I did finish carpentry for 30-some years. And, you know, carpentry goes up and down. And so um, I was at the spot where I didn't have work. And so one morning I was just praying to God. I said, you know, God, I, I have this daughter that's going to get married. I have bills coming in, and, I'm, and I don't have work, and I'm, you know where I'm at, and I'm putting this in your hands, and I'm depending on you to take care of this. And my phone rang, you know, and at first I was kind of annoyed because I'm right in the middle of praying, and the phone shouldn't be ringing, you know, so... But and it kept ringing and ringing, so finally I answered it, and it was a builder that um, his finished carpenter was busy and couldn't and couldn't get to this house. And I said, "So when's the house ready?" And he goes, "Right now." And I needed to start like tomorrow. <laughs> so you know, I hung up the phone, and I it just hit me so hard that um, God's taken care of me, and uh, from that point on. I never, I never worried about work. I never let that concern me. That that was just lifted from me, that God's in control, and so um, it's been, you know, a journey since then of um, learning to serve, learning to, you know, there was we were working on our church, um, being part of groups, you know, like I was worked with the greeters for quite a few years. We started going to Mexico and doing missions down there and. You know, I was kind of thought we went down there and those people got blessed from us and all that. And what I found out was that I was the one that got blessed from it. Uh, I mean, they did too, but but I actually got more of a blessing from it. So, um, am I running too long? Doing fine. <laughs> so anyway, um, maybe a year or two later after that, uh, James brought in this men's fraternity study, and I went through that with him, and that really, really opened my eyes about what God wants for men to be um, leaders. And, um, you know, if you, if none of you guys have been through that study, I highly recommend going through it. Um, well, it's, it's just a wonderful study. Um, 
you know, every guy, every guy in this room needs to go through it. But what I learned from it was um, four really important things. One is to reject passivity. In other words, you need to activate. You need to get up and do something that God has in you. God's put you here for a reason. So you need to be, you know, active with that. Um, you need to accept the responsibility of that and um, take that on and step out, step out of your comfort zone. Then um, when you do that, you need to learn courageously because God is really the leader and you're just following, you're following God. So there's two things you need to be a leader and a follower. You're going to follow God, but you're going to lead also. And then you have to learn to accept God's gift, which is eternal life. You have to accept that and you have to believe that. So um, so that's kind of it. Um, just, a little, just a little insight into, you know, sometimes I like to dream or fantasize a little bit. And so I was thinking one day of, um, you know, in, the, in this eternal life, when we all get there, um, I could be out in some other galaxy talking with somebody about my past. And I go, oh, you see that little bright spot over there? That's the galaxy that I came from a long time ago. And one day I was, you know, in this little, you see that little star down there? That's the planet Earth. That's where I was. And one day I was in my house in Hillsboro, Oregon, and this God that created all of this heard me. He saw me. He felt me. And he answered my prayer. And that just sobers me. I go, that is huge. So that's what we want for you guys. We want you to come into that walk with God, that relationship, and to grow in that and to share that. So um, that's kind of me. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. Love you. You want to grab me, yeah. All right. Thank you, Bill. Well, guys, this is, this is a moment. I'm going to ask you all to just boldly, just I'm asking you to just come forward. I need to just, everybody, man, come forward. I want to pray for you. We want to pray a blessing over you. We want to pray an encouragement, and we want to challenge you. So could you guys do that? Would you mind? We've done this every service. It's been awesome. I'll jump down here. Ladies, do you mind standing and just kind of covering us with your prayers also? And then we're going to have Shireen represent the ladies and pray for us also. So if you guys could just come on up, that'd be great.